Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. If you love quality home decor that tells a story, then check out Junk and Disorderly. The mother-daughter team behind the brand bring unique, one-of-a-kind items to your home. We pride ourselves on family, customer service, and top quality products. Each item is hand-picked to guarantee the best when helping to transform your home. Join us for unique shopping experiences at barn sales, vendor events, Round Top Texas, online, or personalizing your very own junk journey. Let's create your perfect space together. Allison is born in Fort Collins, Colorado. Her journey began at the age of eight when she embraced the world of dance, eventually becoming a competitive dancer throughout her early 20s. Back then, the notion that of dance being an everlasting part of her life seemed unshakable, until an encounter with her future husband led her into the world of agriculture. Over the course of the past 11 years, Allison and her husband have been an integral part in the management of his family's ranch in Sidalia, Colorado. This setting now serves as their home, shared with their two sons, Henry Hawker and Boone. The years spent in the cattle industry paved the way for a pivotal decision in 2021, the inception of their own direct-to-consumer beef business in collaboration with Travis's parents. The undertaking has posed its fair share of challenges, but has been incredibly gratifying. Please join me in welcoming Allison. Allison, I know you are a Fort Collins native. Is that where you guys are located now or are you somewhere else in Colorado? We're in Sedalia, Colorado. So the ranch kind of straddles Sedalia and Larkspur. It's kind of interesting. My um, in-law's address is Sedalia and mine and Travis's is Larkspur. So and we're only like a mile apart from each other. Um, but no, I was born and raised in Fort Collins, um, which is about two hours north of us. Um, and my parents still live there. Two of my brothers still live there. My other brother lives in Wyoming, but two of my brothers still live in Fort Collins. So we get to go to Fort Collins kind of regu- regularly, but not as often as I probably would like to go. Yes, is definitely not a bad place to be from or live. I was True. like almost going to go to Colorado State. Um, yes. Texas stole me away, but I think that is like truly one of the most like beautiful cutest little college towns and it so is I know it's it's grown so much too like when when I lived there um you could get from one end of the town to the other in 10 minutes and now with my parents still living there we'll go back and I'm like there's traffic here (laughs) because it takes 30 minutes to get across town now as opposed to before um so it's growing incredibly but it's such a fun little place to go back to it's very homey very foodie lots of breweries all that 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 kind of fun stuff there and so growing up in Collins, did you have an agriculture background or was that something that kind of came later? No, I didn't. So I grew up dancing. I was a competitive dancer. And um, the the most I had been introduced to ag was my uncle and aunt. They had a ranch up in Wheatland, Wyoming. It was called the Mule Shoe Ranch. And so we would go up there probably like every other month and we would help them with um, you know calving and branding and just like the big events so we didn't get to do like daily ad life but it was more of um, a little entry into it was through through their ranch Um, we would go up there and we would ride horses but I never learned how to the proper way to saddle a horse or the proper way to ride a horse or the proper way to take care of animals it was just kind of like a family getaway that we would go and work and we thought it was so fun and my cousins of course you know lived it every day so they're like this is so boring like you guys want to go 
collect eggs from the chicken coop and we we're like yes we do <laughs> but we thought it was so cool me and my brothers um so that was the most that I had um any experience with ag and then when Travis and I met um that's when I was just like thrown into it and that's when it became our lifestyle yeah and so yeah. how did you guys meet um so I was dating one of his friends from college <laughs> and um I lived in Fort Collins at the time and he lived in Denver and so I would Travis and his and his, all of his friends were living in Denver and so I would come up or I guess down from Fort Collins like during the weekends and we would go and we would you know go to the bars and have fun and we'd go up to Breckenridge and go skiing um so he was kind of he was basically we were just friends for the first probably two months that we knew each other and after those like fun weekend getaways I would go to church with my mom and dad on Sundays and then we'd go out to brunch afterwards and my mom would always ask about you know what'd you do this weekend and so I'd tell her oh I went down to Denver and I don't know Travis and oh my gosh Travis was so funny and then we went to Breckenridge and me and Travis skied and she was like aren't you aren't you dating Josh I was like yeah I know but Travis is so awesome and she's like well, why don't you date Travis? And I was like, oh gosh, no, no, no. He's like not my style at all. Like, cause like, you know, when you're 25 years old, you have a style of guy. So I was like, no, he's not my style. He's not my, he's like, not my type of guy. Um, and then me and then me and this other guy did ended up not working out. And so I thought I'm going to ask Travis I'm on a date. So I asked him on a date and he told me, he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Josh if that's okay. And I said, that's fine. You can do that. So I thought, well, that's really cool that he's pretty loyal to his friends. Um, but yeah, but his friend said, of course, you can date Allison. So we went on our first date. And after our first date, I called my mom and I said, I'm going to marry that man. I said, he is the one for me. So that was, that's how we met. <laughs> that is so cute. And um, yeah. it's so funny, right? How you think you have a plan for life and the type I know. they yeah. change everything. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. Yeah. And Travis could... Travis made me laugh like that was what I was attracted to I mean he, I also think his like physical features are of course very attractive but oh my gosh that guy he can make me laugh like nobody else and so that was truly where our connection was was we just had so much fun and we could just laugh and we still do laugh all the time and that is that is so important especially yes uh in you know just life in general but being involved so in agriculture and ranching because sometimes yes. you have to keep from crying right <laughs> yes so true yeah and so when he um so did he he was already involved in ranching I'm assuming to some capacity yeah he they were a little bit um so his family has been in ag since like the 1960s um his grandfather is heavily into um breeding bulls and so they were so like they would winter the cows um or I guess that not really winter they would actually they would kind of summer the cows here on the ranch so he would ha he had like a little bit of um he was involved a little bit, but not, I mean, he was going to college. He was kind of doing his own thing. He was, you know, becoming an entrepreneur himself. So we would, we would spend a little bit of time on the ranch, but we weren't super involved in it. Um, we didn't become incredibly involved until after we were married. Um, so we got married and that was, they were, they were transitioning in between ranch hands. And so in that transition time, Travis was coming. So we have an office here on the ranch that he, that him and his dad would work out of. And so Travis was coming down to the ranch because we lived in Denver at the time. So he was coming down to the ranch every single day anyways. 
And so I said to Travis, I said, well, I don't know much about what, you know, a ranch hand does, but I said, I'm more than welcome to kind of step into that role for a while. And so that's how um, we kind of got mixed into the ranch a little bit more was we started literally working it every single day. Um, and it was kind of involuntary. And then it was, and then it was just like, oh, well, this is our life. Like we couldn't imagine our life without it. So it was kind of a, it was like very unintentional, but then now it's very intentional. Right. Right. And I know you said you were a dancer growing up, not a huge yeah. background in agriculture, but no. <laughs> what was that transition like for you to be like in it every day, learning on the go? Like, how was that for you? I know I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how or what possessed me to become so in love with the lifestyle because it is, it's a very hard, difficult um, I mean, incredibly rewarding, but it is, I mean, it's day in, day out. Like you don't have a choice to either do it or not. Like, it's like the animals don't care if you're sick. So I don't know, like, I, I think because of my dancing background, because I don't know, I have a very addictive personality. And so if I like something, I basically become addicted to it. Um, and for dancing, that was, that was my life. I mean, from eight years old, all the way until I was 25, I danced every single day from three o'clock in the afternoon until nine o'clock at night. I was going to classes and I was just fully immersed to being a dancer. That was my one and only goal in life. And so then when I kind of got out of dancing, um, ranching became my new addiction, I guess. And so I think that um, just the, I feel, I feel like the, the way that ranching is, it can be so rewarding because, you know, you, you go fix a fence and it's immediate reward, or you go, you know, feed your animals and you see your animals have good nutrition. And so it's like, it's, it's whatever you put in, however much work you put in, that's the benefit that you'll reap. And I really enjoyed seeing that of getting that like the instant gratification of putting work in and then seeing the results from that work that is such an interesting way of describing it because I've never thought about that but you're so right like it's that into in excuse me instant like um yeah this is so like cringy and I can't even believe I'm about to admit this but like my stress relief is I watch pimple popping videos like that yeah. it's so satisfying instant gratification yeah and it's totally that same kind of concept of yes. like something that's instant but when you said that that was so right I like had a moment of like oh my gosh maybe that's why I love it like yeah or like you see like a you know like a stall that you know has manure in it you go pick it and then it's immediately a pretty stall again so it's like it's the work that you, I mean, you actually get to see the results of your work. And I don't think there's many jobs or positions or hobbies that you can do where it's like, I mean, it's just whatever work you put in, that's what you get from it. So I really understand that. Yeah. 100%. No, that's, that's such a cool way to think about it. And, um, I told you we weren't going to go down or any controversial rabbit holes. That was my pre-warning, but I do kind of want to say along those lines, I think sometimes, um, and we'll get into sharing on the internet here in a minute, but sometimes when we get so much negative backlash about being involved in agriculture, those points that you just talked about are things that people don't see and they don't understand. Yeah. For them, it's just a money business where yeah. for us, we're trying, we obviously are getting satisfaction out of doing a good job and yeah. that those animals are cared for and that the crops are cared for and taking care of yeah. all those things. Um, so I think that's a, 
a good way of explaining it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's not just so it's not always about like the money. I mean, there's, we wouldn't be, I mean, you have to make money to, to in anything in life to make right. it, you know, worthwhile doing. But I think the reason why people stay in it for so long is because of the actual feeling that you get from doing what needs to be done every single day. Right. And I think too, there's a lot of things that are businesses, right? But not everything is a lifestyle because of the business. Exactly. And this is definitely that. And so I think all of those that you just talked about feed into that. Yes. Um, Yeah. But let's talk about your, speaking of businesses, let's talk about y'all's business because I know you guys do direct to consumers. So Mm -hmm. how did that come about? And um, what has kind of been y'all's business model, I guess, for that? Well, becoming direct consumer, I will never sugarcoat it and say like, anybody can do it because it's, it has been a learning process. I mean, we're almost three years into it and it's still like, okay, we need to rethink this method or we need to not do this next time or next season, we're going to do this differently. It's constantly learning. I mean, we're just, it's just so much to take in because you're cutting the marketing, the packers, the butcher, like everything out. And it's all on you and your decisions. So back in, gosh, what was it? So me and Travis were married in 2013. So back in like 2014, 2015, Travis and I started um, just kind of playing around with the idea because back then direct consumer was basically like you buying a cow from your neighbor. Like there wasn't actually a ton of direct consumer operations out there. Mm-hmm. So we kind of were talking a little bit about like, what would it look like if we sold our own beef to our neighbors or to our friends and family? And so we kind of did a little bit of research and we presented it to his dad because his dad and mom do still live on the ranch. So we are very much a family organization and operation. So we presented our idea to his dad And we kind of like walked through the scenarios and it was basically just, this is way too much to take on. This was just a lot of manpower and a lot of brain power and a lot of money. I mean, to be honest, I mean, it was just like, wow, this is going to be a lot more than what we thought it was. So we kind of put the idea back, you know, to the side and then 2020 hit and that rocked the world because you went to your grocery stores and there was no meat, there was no milk, there was no eggs. And I think that become very that became very confusing to people because they would, you know, drive out into the country and there's cows in the pasture. So why is there no meat at the grocery store? That's so weird. Right. And so right. I think that that little incident or that that not little, that big event kind of sparked something in us to say, okay, we need to start taking care of ourselves, not only ourselves, but also be able to provide for our family and friends if something were like this were to happen again. Um, So at that point, we were a little bit more prepared and we just dove right in. We started contacting our friends who we knew that were also in the business as well, um, started talking to them. It's huge to have resources that you can talk to and go through scenarios with and say, where do you, you know, we have to, where we, um, our slaughterhouse is three hours from here. And so there was like no locker space in Colorado. So we have to drive our cows to Kansas to, you know, for us to slaughter them. Um, so all that, all those like little intricate pieces of like, and then like, you know, our butcher is back in Colorado Springs. So then we have to have a reefer truck 
to get the carcasses back to Colorado Springs. So it's like all this stuff um, we really started to kind of piece together. And like I said, we have we we had a plan and we've just been kind of uh, you know, tailoring it and kind of, you know, nitpicking it to pieces um, still. But that's kind of how we started our business was back in 2015, kind of talking about finally 2020, we were like, let's just do it. So 2021 is when we became our own direct consumer beef business. Wow. Buy ranchers for ranchers. Together, let's make ranching easier. Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. direct-to-consumer model is so interesting to me and so appealing because of all of the benefits but also um, like you said people don't realize all of the tiny little things that go into it and like I said it's on you when you're doing that so yeah not only planning all of that out but also thinking about like okay this is the timeline of the life of the animal like it has to fit into that and then you have to have a kill day and you got to go however many date months to figure that out and exactly. it's a lot <laughs> yeah well and also too like just on top of everything which yeah I mean like the logistics of everything but actually like having the animal in your care and on your property from birth to death I mean because so you know cow-calf operations or you know uh feeder operations you only have that animal on your property for six to a, you know six months to a year and a half Right. But when you're having all of the animals on your property, you have to pasture, like our pasture management, we, we're moving cows probably like every other day, it feels like, because we're having to constantly rotate grazing pastures just so that our one of our, our land doesn't, you know, burn up. But also to having the animal on your property for so much longer, like that alone was like, oh man, we're not, we can't, you know, sell these calves off as, you know, as yearlings, we have to keep them on our property for longer than a year. So just like that, those kind of things really um, took a little bit of even our brains to adjust to, to think about like, oh, wow, that's something I never even thought about until we like actually got into it. <laughs> yeah. The the unknown, right? Of, yes. Yeah. Of all of it. Yeah. And also, um, so you mentioned the marketing side as well. So that's a whole nother thing, right? Like you can be doing all the work and then you're like, well, no, what if nobody wants to buy the beef? Yes. <laughs> so how has that yeah. side of things been? That has been, um, it's been really frustrating to be completely transparent. <laughs> um, it's, it's really hard to, um, to market beef. I mean, it's very hard to find companies um, like website designers or even, um, we've been working with this company in, in Denver and they don't like, I don't know, like, I don't know why beef is so different from like sandals, but it's very difficult, it's very difficult to, to market beef for some reason, as it is opposed to like furniture or clothing. I don't know why, but, um, but that has been probably one of the most, I think things like the biggest, um, curveball that we've seen is just how to have consumers find us. 
um, you know, it's like the putting in the different um, in all of the different searches that you can put on Google, you know, like direct consumer meat near me or beef near me, all that kind of stuff. And then also too, just the amount of money that you have to pay to be on the top of that list is just like, oh, okay, I can see why Lululemon is, you know, like when you type in athletic wear, like they're the first ones that pop up. Like, I'm like, I get that now because they're paying a lot of money to make that happen. Um, so yeah, so marketing, that's been incredibly difficult. Um, we've also done a couple like farmer's markets and farmer's markets are great for local. Um, but if, but when we started getting into shipping beef, that was, that's been kind of um, just a whole nother aspect of, of the whole, of the business model and everything. Yeah, I was going to say shipping is challenging. I feel like no matter what industry you're in, let yes, alone right? perishable food. So, so true. Oh man. Well, yeah. um, and kind of talking on the lines of sharing and marketing, you also are a very big voice on social media. Um, so how did you kind of get into that side of things? Was it to complement the beef business or was that kind of something completely separate? That was like so separate. So when I started my channel, it was back in, when was one? So it was 2019 going into 2020, I think. Um, I actually just started my channel as like just an outlet for myself, just be creative. I honestly just started with like Western fashion and I, that was like basically all I was going to focus on. I was like, I am a Western fashion account. That is it. Um, but of course, with stories, you know, you kind of share a little bit of your life very like organically on stories. And I found that that was getting a little bit more traction than just me sharing like what belt I was wearing or where I got these cute shorts. Um, but people actually really started to engage and wanted to know more about our lifestyle and wanted to see more about it. And so that was kind of a, a like a little bit of a stopping point for me to say, do I really want to open up our life to social media? Because there's so many pros about our life, but then I know that there's also individuals out there that will find cons about it and they will probably rip us apart and am I ready to put that out there for the world to judge and so that was a huge conversation that Travis and I had that I was like do I want to just keep it just western fashion or do we want to make it more of like a lifestyle blog ranch life you know incorporate the western fashion when I can family stuff me and Travis showing our personalities and so we kind of just started doing it and found that we really enjoyed it um there's all there's of course, days where I'm just like, I'm never going to do this again. I hate this so much. <laughs> I, why did I ever get into this in the first place? Um, but then it's always, it's always complimented with, you know, this, this is such a fun way to be able to share what we do and, and put a realness behind it. I think that's what, um, I hope that's what people see anyways through, through watching our account is that there is, this is a very, wonderful and beautiful lifestyle but there are real problems that come with it and that we just want to be there to say like it's not all you know sunshine and rainbows all the time like there's really hard things that we have to deal with and this is how we deal with it yeah and I think the thing that's unique about your account and well obviously the fact that you also include your family which is great because again yeah. back to the lifestyle kind of conversation we had a few minutes ago um, yeah. it is important to see the entire 
the entire package, right? That's that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but also, I think you do a great job of keeping things light and fun. Um, obviously, bringing back kind of your passion for dance into things and a fun career. Yeah. Uh, but then also the side where um, you are talking about what's actually going on on y'all's operation, and I think you do it in a way that makes sense and is like digestible to people who have no clue. Um, probably the fact that you didn't grow up in the industry is probably helpful in the fact that you can relate a little bit better um, to where you had a learning curve. And so now you're kind of regurgitating that information in a way that's people can understand it. Um, So I commend you on that because that is not an easy thing to do, especially with today's world of just, you never know what you're going to get back. So yeah. Well, and I tried to do it too, like not to, um, dumb it down right but yeah just so that people can like understand I mean I don't yeah it's like the lingo that ag uses is very um specific to to what we're doing and so I don't think that everybody which which why would they I mean they're not involved in the industry so why would they know what we're talking about um but a good example is like last week or maybe it was a week before I don't know one of the weeks I was talking about um uh, if we got rid of GMOs and how the, the, the amount of pasture land that would be needed to crop in order to make up that loss of GMOs, we would basically lose all of our, all of our grassland for our cows. So then what would the cows eat? And I had a gal comment on that and she said, well, they would just eat grass then. And I'm like, and so the, the connection between grass and pasture, like they think pasture is like, you know, thick, weeds or shrubs or whatever they associate this like pasture word with and they don't associate it with grass and so that for me was just like it's so interesting to me how people um how they just like disconnect like the most simplest things that we think are so simple they just they don't understand like the the correlation to everything so I, I yeah I try to not I, cause I know that there's a lot of ag people that do follow me and I try to not make it say, like, seem like, so, you know, like this is that we do, but, <laughs> but I don't, I do think it is very helpful for people who aren't in the industry to be able to walk them through certain things or say like, this is a cow, this is a heifer, you know, so they know the difference between that kind of stuff. Cause, cause otherwise they wouldn't know that. Yeah, for sure. And even like, I found myself like learning stuff from your page, um, like even like the, um, nose things that you guys use for weaning like oh, yeah. yeah I had never seen those before and I was like oh my gosh that would be yeah. so helpful for our one calf that we're trying to wean right now like to I know. Not those, things are such, oh, those things are such a lifesaver I mean when because weaning can be stressful just I mean not even for I mean for us but then also right. for the cow and the calf but yeah those things are money <laughs> yes no so I like I said I think you do a good job of making okay. good understandable but yeah it's the reality of what's actually happening too right yeah yeah and I think your point about just us and agriculture not thinking about the disconnection uh is really important too I mean I always use the example of um, I had a lawyer one time ask me like well how did you know it was a steer and I to me I was like because he didn't have any testicles like yeah (laughs) but like to them like how would you know that if you didn't know the exactly steer heifer cow bull like the differences like exactly boy girl right that's that's all they need to know yeah 
Well, I think like if, if I was to ever go to like a knitting class, if they like, you know, like I wouldn't know anything about knitting or if I was to go to, uh, you know, a monster truck rally, I don't know anything about like the different pieces of a monster truck. So it's just like, so if, if someone's explaining it to me, then I can start to like put it together and be like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense why this would do that. So. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, you do. You do a great job of sharing well, and kind of you. keeping everyone a, a breath, of, breath of what you guys are what you got going on. So thank you. Good. But all, along the lines of kind of sharing and y'all's business and y'all's story, um, is there something that you wish you would have known differently or like would have done differently or known beforehand that would have maybe like impacted the way you guys did things? Um, that's a very good question. I, I don't know if it's necessarily if I would have known it, but I feel like sometimes, um, my, I'm very blunt with how I talk and what I say. And so I feel like if I could change anything, which I guess this would be changing something about myself, which I don't necessarily know if I really support like changing something, but I, I guess I wish I could like guard my words a little bit better. Um, I never want to offend or put anybody or any anybody's operations down. Um, but I have very, um, I don't know what the word is, like very, I have high expectations for the industry. And so if I see um, something that maybe I don't necessarily agree with, I sometimes have like a hard time just like letting it go. And so I don't know, I wish I could just, I wish I was more like water off a duck's back, but I have, um, I'm, I'm very passionate about our industry. And I know that we, I know that we're good people. And so when, um, our, when our industry is either attacked or we're put in a position that's just completely false, um, I have a very hard time of just, like I said, holding my tongue. Um, so maybe, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But I, again, I don't necessarily know if I would change that about myself. I just, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question though. Well, and I think the world we live in, right? With everything being so visual and at our fingertips on social media and the internet, that becomes a lot harder to do as well. Yeah. Right? You're seeing it a lot potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think for agriculture, right? There's, we're one industry, but within the industry, there's so many aspects of the industry and there's so many different types of operations. And I think for me, sometimes I find it hard to talk about ag because the way I do something may not be the way you do something. And I don't want to put the way you're doing it down. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk about how we do it. And right. so I think that is sometimes a big challenge um, when we're talking about this idea of advocacy for agriculture yeah. and educating and all those types of things, because we may not do things the same, not wrong, not right, just different. Right. That's Absolutely. The hardest part about all of this. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really hard too with like just with Instagram as an example, because we only have so much to like, I mean, like podcasts are great because you can really dive into stuff yeah. and really kind of just like dissect it and just really get into the nitty gritty. But with Instagram, you have like a split second, you have one minute to get it all out there. And if something isn't said correctly or, or portrayed the way that it probably it might have should have been or whatever it is, um, 
it's hard to like backtrack and like trying to explain it a little bit better. So that's what I found is that Instagram is very, it's, it's, it, it, the platform is large, but it's very difficult to have really hard, intricate conversations on, on that platform specifically. Yeah, exactly. Whether they just don't understand what you're trying to say or someone takes yeah. it and spins it and then it goes viral and exactly. So true. I know. And that's, yeah, that, that, that has happened and it's, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. The, the challenges of um, being in agriculture for one thing, but then online and social media, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know it's, yeah, it's crazy. Positives and negatives, but man, is it a journey, right? <laughs> yeah. So true. Well, Allison, I want to thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today. Um, I'm so glad we finally got to do this. But yes. if people are wanting to connect with you or reach out, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? So um, I only am on Instagram. I don't I don't have TikTok or anything like that. I'm not that tech savvy. Um, but my Instagram channel is at allison.weens. Um, and then that's where that's where you can find find me. Awesome. Uh, so if you're listening and want to reach out, please make sure to do so. That will be in the show notes like always. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. And I can't wait to kind of see how the business continues to grow and keep watching you dance and do all the good things on Instagram. I know. I know. We'll see. Thank you for, for your support. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content. And also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.